Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to GEICO. GEICO could help you get great coverage at a great price. And it only takes 15 minutes to see if you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Go to GEICO.com today and see how much you could save. Today's opening tip. Let's start the show by wishing our teammates Scotty Pippen, Chauncey Billups, a happy birthday. This is always a great double day on the jump. We are so lucky to work with you both champions on and off the court. Richard, you had to compete against Chauncey, and that was not easy. That was not easy. No, that shot right there, he hit right after I thought I had a good block. But, no, big game Billups, and then, you know, obviously Scotty is the legend. He's, legend. He is one of the guys that we all grew up. If you were a wing player and you grew up in the 90s, even early 2000s, Scotty was the man. It really is amazing to just go through star by star in the NBA and see how they were influenced by Scotty Pippen. Welcome to the jump. Presented by Best Buy. Welcome to the Jump Indeed. I am Rachel Nichols. Today I'm joined by our NBA champ, Richard Jefferson, live and in person. Always so fabulous. And from the Cobra Dome, New York Times bestselling author, our (laughs) NBA insider, Brian Wainhorst. Brian is not staying in that building for the whole show, but we'll get to that. Coming up, we'll also have the latest Travis Scott video here on the jump. We get to debut it. I'm very excited. The video for Franchise was shot at Michael Jordan's old house that you saw in The Last Dance. Coming up later in the show, so stay tuned. First, though, so the Lakers are one win away from a return to the NBA Finals. That doesn't mean for sure that they'll get there. The Nuggets still have two big-time stars on their roster and a team that's returned from the dead so many times it should replace its rainbow logo with a zombie. But at least last night, L.A. looked like, well, an NBA Finals-bound team with all the traditional roles and storylines. They have a generational player in his prime in Anthony Davis. They have a walking, talking redemption story in Dwight Howard and a wily veteran in Rajon Rondo. And they have LeBron James, who despite being three months shy of his 36th birthday, still has the most superstar quality of all. He is able to deliver exactly what his team needs, exactly when they need it. Last night, that meant stopping Jamal Murray, who continues to treat every one of these Western Conference Finals games like it's a trick shot compilation video. Uh, I mean, come on. This was nasty. I'm going to go and say it. That one was harder than MJ's. That one was harder. Come on. No, because MJ was going baseline, so the angle works. This one, you're coming straight on, and you're trying to get to the other side. Not tr- people, I'm not saying I'm he's better say... than MJ. Let's not start at that news. I'm saying <laughs> that variation might have been a smidge more difficult than MJ. It was so good. And then in the fourth quarter, Murray scoring six points in two minutes, Come including on. this over six foot ten, Anthony Davis. Come on. Come on. That was third. That was his third most impressive shot. Right. Okay. Well, then what about this one? Take a look at this next one because this spin left-handed. This this is the most impressive one of them all. Look at that. And he didn't even bank it in that he actually made it. And you see him put it over to his left hand and actually (laughs) shoot it. Like he's shooting it with touch as falling down. Like, come on. It's... That's one of the most difficult shots we've seen in the postseason. Ridiculous. After that shot, that is when LeBron went to Lakers coach Frank Vogel and asked if he could start checking Jamal. And from that point on, well, they can go great for Jamal. LeBron <laughs> chased Murray through screens, right? He shut down Murray at the rim more than once. 
Here he goes again. Now, are, are some of these actually fouls? Well, no. The, no, nuggets, the nuggets say yes. In fact, well, after course. the Lakers used the league's refereeing website after game three to ask about plays where they thought LeBron should have gotten to the free throw line, Denver coach Mike Malone is now saying he has done the same on the behalf of Murray. But that's not going to change anything for the Nuggets in the win-loss column. And honestly, there were a lot of reasons the Lakers came out ahead last night. There was Dwight, who paid off his new spot in the starting lineup by dominating the boards early and finishing with a double-double. There was Anthony Davis, who dropped 34, including the Lakers' first 10 points, paying off a promise he'd made to himself after playing poorly in the series' previous game. Now, I later asked LeBron what he was looking for with Anthony in the off day between the two games, and here was his answer. Just see how low his brow is. If his, bro, if his brow is really low, then you know not to talk to him. If it's higher, then he, he's accepted the fact that you allowed to come into his office and talk to him. Yesterday, his brow was very low in this part, and uh, no one talked to him. So we already knew the mindset that he was in, and he came out and did it. Came out and did it indeed. And so did Rondo, who with seven assists last night, passed Scottie Pippen to move to eighth on the NBA's all-time playoff list. Rondo also provided 11 points and five rebounds, as well as just his usual stabilizing presence, something that Davis in particular seems to feed off of. Remember, Rondo and AD first played together in New Orleans a few years ago. And last night, AD spoke again of just how important Rondo is to him. When I got traded here, you know, he was actually the, the first person I called, you know, and told him that, you know, I wanted him to come back, you know, because I knew how much I, uh, I, I excelled with him and how, how much of a, a leader he is and, and his mindset on the floor and his will to win. To win a championship or even just to get to a finals, a team needs all kinds of characters, all kinds of contributors. The Lakers, well, they're still one win away, but last night, they certainly looked the part. Richard, how are these bubble playoffs, do you think, impacting the legacies of both Rondo and Dwight Howard? Well, th th this is my thing. I don't think they're really impacting them at all because I think who they are has already been established. I think Dwight Howard is a Hall of Famer. Right now, he's missing that championship, and he is a contributor on this team if they're able to win a championship. So I believe that will elevate them. But I think what their legacy is, their legacy will only change if they win another, if they win a championship and Rondo wins another championship. So, I, like, right now, n like, there, nothing has been really affected about their quote-unquote legacy. Uh, if they win a championship, then I think that's where the changes will happen. But getting to the finals, even Rondo said they don't celebrate those in Boston. They don't celebrate conference finals in Boston. He said that. And you know what they don't celebrate conference finals or NBA finals? They don't celebrate that in L.A. They only celebrate championships. I don't know. I do want to be careful with that line of reasoning, only because Doc Rivers, when the Clippers were up 3-1 to get to the conference finals, a place the Clippers organization had never been before, he said, oh, that's not the larger goal. The larger goal is don't way beyond do, that. No one's going to celebrate. And then we know what happened. Every step is a good step, Richard. Every step is important. I mean, Brian, what do you think about their legacies here? Yeah, I agree with it, Richard, that, you know, like, it's not like uh, Rondo is going to be remembered for what he's doing in this playoff run, but it's a reminder that there's always time in the NBA. It's one of the things that you learn. The longer you are around the league, you learn there's always time. 
Careers are long, series are long, games are long, things can happen. And a year ago, I, I thought Dwight Howard maybe was done with the NBA. He had washed out with three teams in a row and he had been injured. Here he is making a major contribution to a team that's going for a championship. And Rondo, midway through this season, there were people around the Lakers who were saying he should be benched. And now he's arguably their third most important player. So it's just a reminder to everybody out there about how long careers are and how you can still change the story around you. First of all, that off-the-back inbounds is still amazing to see. And I'm going to take issue with both of you, especially Richard, who's just dropping things all over this arena, Brian, which is this. You mentioned Dwight Howard. You thought maybe he was out of the league a year, year and a half ago. Rajon Rondo, let me remind you guys, by the way, kicked out of Dallas, basically. I was there. I was there. Wasn't that during the playoffs, Richard? (laughs) Yes, I was there. I was there. So there is definitely. I was there. It was was unique. It was a unique time. Love Rondo to death. That's my guy, but it was unique. There is (laughs) definitely. Boy, is that a politically correct answer. It was unique. There's definitely an alternate timeline here where neither one of these guys would even be playing in the NBA today. So the fact that they are a game away from the finals, the fact that they have both performed so well during these playoffs, I think it does change their story. I do want to get to one thing about last night, though, because Dwight Howard logged eight points in eight rebounds in the first quarter of last night. He is the oldest player to do that in a single playoff quarter since. What? In a playoff hey, quarter? Go ahead. Throw my name on Richard there. Jefferson. Throw my name it on in the there. fourth quarter of an Eastern Conference Finals All win. y'all that say that, I carried LeBron. Mm-hmm. Understand this. I carried him. Look mm-hmm. at that. Everybody's saying LeBron mm-hmm. carried me. Oldest player ever to do re- it. Mm-hmm. 35. You said you were going to retire, and you were you shouldn't retire. <laughs> and I'm glad you did because you, know. you had the man more to looked get. me in the eye, Brian, in the post game locker room after that win in 2016. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. done. I was exhausted. I'm retiring. And I told him, and I told him in that <laughs> locker room, you're not. I was just saying that to get more money so. from Griff. That was it. <laughs> did it work? Yes. And you got it. Right. It did. And you got it. Also helped help me get waived. Five million. <laughs> it also helped <laughs> me get waived the next year because I paid too much money. Thanks, D Wade. Thanks. Look, I appreciate that. Look what happened. And but you wouldn't know everyone in Denver so well now. So it's very true. There you go. The old guy. Yay for one for the old guy who, as his words, carried LeBron James to that 2016 title. <clears throat> Let's talk about the refereeing because it has been all the talk over Twitter. Now there's a little bit of a misconception here. You know how things snowball, Richard, in yes. reporting. So Frank Vogel said after the last game he was going to go through proper channels to talk to the league about what happened with LeBron in game three and him not getting to the foul line. So I'm going to get you to a little sound from Mike Malone on the other side. Um, the, the ability to defend without fouling, they went to the foul line 35 times. Um, I think I'm going to have to go through the proper channels like they did to see if we can figure out how we can get some more free throws. Proper channels, guys. And I want to stress, this was not a letter. The Lakers didn't write a letter to the league that the league then answered. Proper channels on both sides mean, and Brian, you have reported extensively on this, the league has a website it tied up to with its officiating where after every game, teams could submit plays that they have questions about, which is the way that they phrase it, which is basically their route, the proper channel. After game three, the Lakers did indeed go through those proper channels about LeBron. I should point out the Nuggets also went through those same proper channels after game three about a set of their own plays, and that Mike Malone is saying here that those same proper channels were used to complain about That was the longest explanation, Rachel. Well, because we've had some 
in, incorrect reporting. There was no letter written. There was no special LeBron appeal. <laughs> it was the website with the refereeing. I mean, Brian, what is your reaction to all of this and the brouhaha over the Lakers, quote, getting calls because they complained? Yeah, there's um, several teams that have that page bookmarked <laughs> the website? and go through that channel yeah. about 82 times a year. Yeah. So what, they, what the Nuggets were really frustrated about, quite frankly, was one official, Rodney Mott, who called them for 12 fouls in this game, uh, only called the Lakers for five. He also called uh, Nikola Jokic's fifth foul, which they were as upset about um, as they were the Jamal Murray fouls. And also... Rodney Mott didn't call one of the fouls that they felt should have been on LeBron on Murray. Now, Rodney Mott leads the bubble in foul calls. He's a guy who calls a lot of whistles. So this very well could have just been a situation where it was a team that was playing a little bit, a little bit handsy with an official who likes to call touch fouls. Um, and, but really what this is about is setting the stage for game five and onward, that if LeBron James switches on to Jamal Murray, which now seems to be in the Lakers' tool belt, that the officials are going to watch it closely. That's what this whole thing well, is about. Now, look, this is my thing. It's petty. It's like petty LaBelle, and I love it. That, that, that's it. That's where we're going to go. But understand, if you watch this game very, very closely, coaches never complain about calls that go their way. And even the review that Frank Vogel did in the fourth quarter of Jamal Murray and uh, uh, LeBron James was guarding Jamal Murray, and they called a foul. That, in my opinion, was not a foul. And so when you start to look at it, coaches only call, like complain about things that don't go their way. But my thing is this. Spend some of that money. This is the same coach that said, I'm not going to give the NBA back any of my money. Go ahead out there. Say some things about the officials. Give some of that money back to the NBA. Let's <laughs> rile it up. If we're going to do it, let's just not be petty. Well, first of all, we always want everyone to be petty, Richard, and you know that. Oh, I'm here for um, it. <laughs> and look, this whole process, working the system game after game over the course of the series, as Brian notes, it is a way to set up what might happen the next game and draw some attention to it, and we will all watching. All right, guys, coming up, Jamal Murray had one of the sickest layups we have ever seen, so we're going to get into it a little bit more. And you know the professor, the mad professor, Michael Brodmer, was back in his lab cooking up the best playoff layups you will ever see. Stick around for that next on The Jump. Richard Petty's in the building. Let's go. Love the Petty. Gotta love the Petty. petty. Gotta love love the Petty. The Jump is presented by Best Buy. If you can't be there, feel there. Bring the game home when you upgrade to a big Sony TV today. Geico presents Monster Counseling. Dracula, tell me how you're feeling. No one understands how lonely it is. No one will even let me into their house. I knock and I knock, but they ignore me. Uh Uh-huh. What else? I look in the mirror and... (laughs) I don't even see myself anymore. If you don't see yourself clearly, can you really expect others to? I'm having a breakthrough. It's not easy to be a vampire. But with GEICO, it's super easy to switch and save hundreds on your car insurance. A little bit of an emotional hangover. Uh, you're down 20. In that third quarter, there all of a sudden, it's No. No, it's, it's a mismake league. You know, we, uh, we had a lot of wide-open shots that we didn't make tonight. It's a mismake league. It's a mismake league. It's a mismake league. It's mismake league, baby. Make collisions. Speaking of Rajon Rondo, can't control the defensive rebound, goes tumbling into the oh. ref. The Nuggets were on the bench there shouting. They wanted a review. A review they of wa- that? I mean, they were. Come on. See, this. Did they, did they put this in their 
go through official yeah, channels. Through they official wanted to channels. go through official Not. channels. Richard, it could have been worse. I mean, I've, I've heard that Look, man, apparently. Look, the, the, the referees, you don't want to mess with them. Leave them alone. Oh, ooh, ooh. That one, the Paul Pierce one is the that, best. That was We're going to show that, that till the end of time. We're going to show that, right? See, look, you, you got to have a, a history here. Like, if you, at least if you talk to the officials, they know what's ac- the referees knows what's accidental no, and what's was, not. This was obviously accidental, and it will not shock you. Again, the opposing bets tried to take advantage, but nothing is as good. Richard, you're not quite up to Paul Pierce. No, on that God, one. no. Miss Vision, AD's face colliding with Jeremy Grant's face. And AD squints a little before he hits the jumper. I, I don't know. I, I'm just sorry. I, I'm, I'll be the first one to say it. Arg. A- yes. <laughs> I love the pirate AD. But I think I think AD just tries to play like he plays possum a lot, right? Like he's like oh oh oh, and all of a sudden like he, he you know he tweaks his ankle, which My I ankle. did see, it, yeah. and then he dunks it. You can see out of one eye, he is the best. He just makes you feel like oh maybe he's not 100, percent and That's then he the does whole something. Game though, right? Yeah, I'm with Arr. it. I think he could come out in the hat. As Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, the pirate oh, shirt. The Jerry puppy shirt. Once said, "I don't want yeah. to be a pirate." That's perfect. The puppy shirt. shirt. Yeah, we could have gone that one. I'm telling you, under yeah. the shirt under, you know how he always wears oh, the, yeah, under the yeah, jersey. Yeah, Wear the pirate puffy shirt. Make adjustments. <laughs> Here is another look at Jamal Murray's absurd reverse layout. Wow. Now you are really Richard Jefferson contending. No, that this is what I'm going to say. This, this is what I'm saying. When you're no, coming, no, no. W- he said that on when national you're coming television from, ten minutes when ago. You're coming are you going from, back on when it? you're coming from straight on, mm-hmm. right? It's a. It, this is very, very difficult. It's ridiculous. But the angle was a smidge harder, and we saw MJ do this his entire life. For that, for MJ, that was just a a, a random Tuesday. Brian, I believe that Richard's backtracking. I'm not backtracking. I'm saying the angle is different. I I just have a question. I just have Mm. one question. One question. Did MJ do it against LeBron? Ooh. uh, See, look at this. Look at this. See, that's that's an easier angle because your momentum's taking you crossways. So Richard Jefferson would like everyone to know he thinks Jamal Murray is better than Michael Jackson. Michael Jordan. (laughs) Sorry. I cannot remember. I'm in the break. I swear. Run it back. The best layup in playoff history it is. It's Michael Karma. Number six. I'd like to say that Michael Bobber put a number six on a top five for me. I never saw that one before. He was going to (laughs) leave Allen Iverson off the list. And then there was no reason to come to work tomorrow. I mean, tomorrow is Saturday. Is this really a layup? It's a short shot. Come on. This had to be on the list. Give him his flowers. 89. Look at that. Look at that. Kobe said it. We would all be in trouble if Allen Iverson was six foot five. He was in trouble at his current height. Yeah. All right. Also 89. Jordan coming up with a steal, the twirling and one layup. Yeah, but MJ was doing that for his life. Because Bill Lambeer was going to not Bill impressive. Lambeer, Bill Lambeer was going to try and take him out. Come on. 100 percent Bill, watch Bill Lambeer. He didn't go up for a block. He went up with a two-arm like he was like uh like Steve Austin. Watch this. He's about to go stone cold. He was, he was about timing to take it up. him out. He was timing it up. Yes. You could I'm see that. Say yeah, he was 70% timing it up. Percent of our I, audience has no idea what you're talking about with that Steve Austin combat. 1994, <laughs> number four, Clyde oh, Drexler. Little jelly. Ooh. Extra jelly. Oh, look at that. Is that. Again, is this a layup? That's sexy, too. That's, that's not really a layup. See, if you like say, Sydney Dean out there. If you say this isn't a layup, then Iverson could be in the top five. I'm just saying. That is a layup. 2006, number two, Dwayne. Oh, oh, oh nope. Oh. This is, we're looking at MJ. Switching hands against the no, Lakers. That's a layup. 
<laughs> Sorry, I jumped the gun there. See, this is this to me is like this, where you're going from straight on, mm -hmm. and then you're going to the other side. Ooh, that's difficult. That's kind of like the Jamal Murray but one. There was nobody in his way. <laughs> Look at Look Phil. At Phil. He still loved it. Phil <laughs> was like, wow. All right. Now we're getting to Dwayne Wade, 2006. I was waiting for this one. Drives in, flips it over his head, and of course, crashes to the floor because that's what he did back then. Hey, D Wade is one of the best when it comes to those finishes. And he was one of the first guys that I ever saw just like fall on the floor every, every single time. time and make the layup. Fall down seven times, get up eight. Ben Wallace sent that oh, into the yeah. Proper channels. Yes. <laughs> By the way, Proper how good channels. would this Eastern Conference Finals be in that arena and in Boston Garden? I'm just saying. All right, 1980, yeah. number one, Dr. J going up and under. It's been 40 years. We have still not topped this. Come that on. is the greatest. Right? That is the greatest. Look at this. The long This is legendary. The long arm. He just... And you have to kind of see the above shot to understand how far underneath the basket he was. Look at that, that angle doesn't do it justice. That, if you I mean, it. he's underneath the backboard. The hang time, yeah, right? I'm with you, Dr. J. Dr. J, number one. All right. We are now thrilled to share with you the linear television debut. That means it was on YouTube last night. But this is the first time on TV, Travis Scott's new track, franchise featuring Young Thug and M.I.A. Not only do we have the song, we also have the music video, which was shot at Michael Jordan's old house. You know, the last dance house. So without further ado, it's up for sale, everyone. Cactus Jack, take it away. I saw it. It's, just, it's out of my price range. he's going to go try to buy that house. Now head over to YouTube. You can watch the full length video. It's pretty great, right, Rich? I wanted to be at the video. I want to go to MJ's house. Doesn't that's, it? That's don't it. we all? That's it. <laughs> Coming up, we've got another special premiere. It's not Travis Scott, but it is the debut of a brand new segment called Where in this the World, world is, is Brian Windhorst? We, we can't do the... <laughs> no, we'll get in I think trouble. Yeah, we'll get in all trouble. right, after the yeah. break, Brian taking us around the coaching carousel to get us caught up with where the five teams stand in their search for a new head coach. Good little newsy nuggets coming up in this segment. I'm excited. We going ultra black. We going, we going. Rhythm and blues. Does this place look haunted? No, I don't think so. What about those two creepy girls? Come stay with us. That is truly frightening. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's great service. With Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents. Uh, thank you, creepy girls. Want to see our room? Mm, 
We're going to sleep in the car now. Happy Geico-ween. Switch today for 24-7 access to licensed agents. Welcome back to The Jump. Presented by Best Buy. Welcome back to The Jump. We're debuting a new segment today because the coaching carousel is in full throttle and we need to get caught up on the latest. There are currently five head coaching vacancies around the NBA. So without further ado, it is time for Where in the World is Wendy? Well, Rachel, I'm in Philadelphia. <laughs> Uh, the production staff here has provided no cheesesteaks, <laughs> but uh, the Sixers have two major candidates for their very interesting job opening. Uh, Mike D'Antoni, who was here as an assistant before uh, he went uh, to uh, Houston to become the head coach, is a strong candidate, as well as Tyron Liu, who is, I am told, very interested in this job. He wants the challenge of coaching Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid, just like he wanted the challenge of Kyrie and LeBron James hmm. in Cleveland. Now, I am told that the ownership Josh Harris and David Blitzer are very involved in this opening, and whoever gets this job will be heavily, and uh, their, their influence will well, be heavily on. Those are two marquee names, Ty Lue and Mike D'Antoni. Richard, what do you think? Uh, look, I, I think T. Lou and, and D'Antoni. Now, the one thing about D'Antoni is you think about the big, you know, he's not very big on bigs, if you will. And Joel Embiid is really the cornerstone of their franchise. So, so is that a pro or a con that, the, they've got, that Embiid is on the roster if you're looking, I, if you're him? I'm not saying Dan Tony can do a lot of things. We've seen what he's done with Amari Stoudemire, uh, even though he's a little bit different. So he's not like anti-big, but I think coming off what he just came off of in Houston, going full small ball, I just I would be a little bit more nervous if I was Joel Embiid. Hmm, interesting. All right. Where are we off to next, Brian? Well, Rachel, I am now in New Orleans on this Bourbon is amazing, Street, Brian. where they're selling Jello shots for uh, ten bucks, <laughs> just a few feet away here. I can bring you back Please. some if you want. Uh, now, New Orleans is interesting. Um, they are very interested in Tyron Lue, uh, which, which would reunite David Griffin, general manager, with the guy he won a championship with in Cleveland. But they may have to wait on what happens in Philadelphia. So David Griffin is in a holding pattern, taking a look at what happens with Ty Lue. If he can't get Ty Lue, then he'll move on to other candidates. But he thinks the Ty Lue-Zion Williamson match could be very attractive. We'll see how that develops. You guys know New Orleans is my favorite city in America. And I actually think this is a hugely attractive coaching gig. Richard, do you agree? Pros and cons of this one? I agree. This is hugely attractive. The only difference is, and I know Ty Lue has the ability, but I know that, you know, he never had to develop talent the same way he did. You know, that's why I think the Philadelphia one is even more intriguing because those are established players. These are still players that you've got to continue to grow and nurture and that's just something we haven't seen Tyron Lou done. He hasn't done that yet, but I know he has the ability to do it, but that's why I think the Philly one is most intriguing for T. Lou. I mean, look, you've got such high-talent guys there. Zion Williamson's a start, but Brandon Ingram, you've got, you know, Lonzo Ball, you've got the list goes on and on with Drew Holiday. I don't know if J.J. Reddick's going back there. You've got a lot of guys, a lot of tools if you get that job. I think it's extremely, extremely attractive. And by the way, they didn't make the playoffs this year. So if you just make the playoffs next season... Yeah. Win. That Win. makes that an attractive job, too. All right, Brian Winhorst, where are we going next? Well, Rachel, I am now in a drone <laughs> over the Indianapolis Motor so Speedway. So that must mean I'm talking about the Indiana Pacers. Now, if you can believe it, the Indiana Pacers have interviewed more than 20 candidates for this opening All over right. Zoom. And uh, now they're, they're scheduling second interviews, and there's a, still a long list. I have uh, heard that guys like Dave Yeager, uh, guys like assistant in Milwaukee, Darvin Ham, 
76ers assistant Ime Udoka uh, are among the guys who are getting uh, an opportunity here. And, of course, our colleague here, our own colleague at ESPN, Chauncey Billups, in the mix as well. All right. So aside from the fact that you get to be around fast cars, apparently, Richard, what are the pros and cons of the Pacers head coaching? Well, look, all of these jobs have a lot of cons and a lot of pros. Well, we're this is the thing about Indiana. You're not sure what Victor Oladipo's situation is. Uh, they're coming off a situation where they made it to the postseason uh, again. But, you know, Nate McMillan, you know, for whatever reason, couldn't make management happy there. Uh, This is not a place that you're going to attract a ton of free agents, so you really have to build from within and develop talent. So, you know, you have a very good team, but I don't know what your cap is there. Hmm, Interesting. I'm very curious. 20 candidates. 20 candidates. Wow. Got to narrow down. All right, Brian, where are we going next? Well, Rachel, I am in Bricktown, which means I'm in Oklahoma City. The river doesn't go anywhere, but don't tell anybody that. (laughs) The Thunder are beginning to look at a rebuild, uh, which is one of the reasons why Billy Donovan did not stay. So the expectation is this could be a first-time head coach. Uh, Some of the names that I have heard, uh, David Vanterpool, uh, who's an assistant with the the Timberwolves, uh, Adrian Griffin, who's been a candidate for for jobs over the years, uh, recently with Toronto. And watch out for a, a sleeper candidate, Will Hardy, Assistant with the San Antonio Spurs, a lot of play, a lot of people are very high on him. Very young, thirty. All right, so old. rebuilding, Richard. But what are the pros and cons of the Thunder beyond just the idea of developing or maybe getting your first job if you're an assistant? Well, that that's the thing. You so you know you see the writing is on the wall. So whoever's going to get this first time head coaching job, you imagine that they're not going to win. They have a ton of draft picks. They have a lot that they're going to be able to build. And so the idea is that you can build quickly. You should be able to build quickly with the amount of uh, draft picks and young quality talent. But that again means the writing's probably on the wall for Chris Paul and maybe even Steven Adams. So, you know, you're going to lose. Whatever you see when you take the job is not what you're going to get. Well, I know that you mentioned David Vanderpool. I know a lot of his former players swear by him, so I'm sure they'll be getting lots of endorsements coming in if they're really interviewing him. I would say that whoever takes that job has to basically make a deal with Sam Presti and say, whatever the win-loss record is for the next two or three years, it's not on me. It's not on me. All right, I think I know where we're headed next. Brian... Well, Rachel, I am in mission control at NASA, (laughs) which means we're talking about the Houston Rockets. Daryl Morey was just over my shoulder at a computer, but he went to sharpen his pencil. Uh, He is is known for a while. There was a good chance he was going to have a coaching opening. Uh, Keep an eye on former Rocket, a guy who won a championship here, Sam Cassell. He may be getting his first coaching look off the LA Clippers staff. And if not him... One of the favorite, or one of the favorites, one of the guys sleeping uh, is our colleague here at ESPN, former Rockets coach Jeff Van Gundy in the mix for this job. Would be very different than Mike D'Antoni, but this personnel is built to play fast, so we'd see how well, look, he would handle JBG that. Well, never left Houston, still lives there. I know, still very connected to the organization. Richard, what do you think are the pros and cons of coaching the Rockets? Well, the pros and cons is that you don't have a traditional uh, NBA roster right now. You don't have bigs. You've traded away your assets. Uh, you have two superstars that are superstars, but you're not sure if the way they play is built for high-level like NBA Finals type success. It's still yet to be proven. I'm not saying that they, they're not going to ever win a championship, but I just think with this team, it's going to be a little difficult, but you're going to have to bring in a name that two former MVPs respect. Yes. That's the biggest challenge, I think, of this job. This is I don't know if this is a first-time head coaching job unless it's somebody that these guys definitely kind of sign off on and respect.
This is a tough needle to thread. I'm very interested to see what they do here. I want to shout out our producer, Kate, who was Brian's travel agent through yeah. that whole segment, making sure he got into all the right spots <laughs> and it looked good. Thank you, Brian. I'm excited to uh, have this segment going forward. I enjoyed traveling, Rachel. I, I haven't traveled in say, months. You've been on an airplane in so, so very long. All right, everyone, stick with us because coming up after the next break, I will ask the guys if the Nuggets, who have come back from 3-1 deficits twice this postseason, wait for it, Richard. Wait, are you ready? What? Do they have the Lakers uh, right where they right want them? Right where they want them. <laughs> Goodness gracious. No one's mentioned that yet, no. so I thought we would be the first. Yeah, thanks for setting me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Geico presents Monster Counseling. Dracula, tell me how you're feeling. No one understands how lonely it is. No one will even let me into their house. I knock and I knock, but they ignore me. Uh Uh-huh. What else? I look in the mirror and (laughs) I don't even see myself anymore. If you don't see yourself clearly, can you really expect others to? I'm having a breakthrough. It's not easy to be a vampire, but with GEICO, it's super easy to switch and save hundreds on your car insurance. This week on The Neighborhood. Is there something going on with the neighbor? What do you mean? I can't believe this. He's washing my car for the fifth time this week. I don't know what to say. can help with the car, but not with that. You're the filthy car. NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC brought to you by State Farm. So quite the neighborhood. The best of five WNBA semis roll on Sunday. Aces taking on the Sun in game four of their series. One o'clock ESPN. Then over on ABC, game three between the Lynx and Storm. Both games also streaming live on the ESPN app. Now that's a promo. We're talking about the W. We want to sing congratulations. Candace Parker, named 2020 Defensive Player of the Year. She adds this accomplishment to an impressive resume that includes two regular season MVPs. Oh, and a finals MVP, MVP. Richard. Yes. Um, Yeah. The reports. Go back to her national. We go back to her national championship. National Player of the Year. Just not true. All right. So the Nuggets lost game four. They now find themselves down 3-1 in a series for the third time this postseason. Now in the playoffs, the Nuggets are a perfect 6-0 in elimination games. Brian, Nikola Jokic told me he has never once packed a suitcase all of those six (laughs) times. Denver is in another 3-1 hole, though. So Richard's going to ask you the question. Do the Lakers have the Nuggets or do the Nuggets have the Lakers right where they want them? (laughs) Boom. Well, here's some unfortunate history. Uh, when LeBron gets up 3-1 in a series, he's 14-0 in those series. But the reason this is different than those other two rounds, the Nuggets didn't play very well in those first four games, those other series. They were getting dominated, uh, quite frankly, in those series. And then they turned their game up and changed it. This series has been very close. It's only been 12 points that separated these two teams over the first four games. And while the Nuggets certainly think they could have played better or gotten a better uh, shooting game here or a better defensive stop there, I'm not sure there's a lot more for them in the tank like they hit the gas the last couple of rounds. So I don't think it's where they want them at all Ooh, this time. I, I don't know. Look, I, I still believe that the Denver Nuggets have more fight in them. I was the individual that picked the Denver Nuggets <laughs> to go seven. 
What was that? But, they are, but my thing is it's, this. It's you who keeps bringing that up. I just like to bring it up. I just like to bring it up. It's why, almost why? like you're trolling. <laughs> it's, it's almost look, it, like it, that. It's almost, right? <laughs> Richard Petty here. But my point is this, is that I believe that the Nuggets have more fight. I believe that they will win the very next game, but I think they're going to go down in six. I think in game six, the Lakers are going to be fighting for their life because they are not going to want to see these Nuggets in a game seven. The narrative, the stress, oh, all yeah. of that will be on the Lakers. So as much as they're going to try and do it in five, I think ultimately the Nuggets win five and the Lakers fight for their lives in game six. And that is the other component, right? Because if you look at the last series, the Clippers had a hand in how that series fell apart for L.A. I'm not saying that the Nuggets just happened to be on the court. They won the series. Denver won the series. But let's not pretend that the Clippers represented themselves to their full abilities in that series either. So that's just the other thing to watch here. I don't expect the Lakers to have the same fate, right? You would not expect a LeBron James team, and Anthony Davis team, to fall apart and be so tentative at the end of a series. But if the Nuggets push them to seven games, to your point, I, Richard, everything I don't just see, starts to tighten up. I don't see the Lakers' two best players missing all of their shots in a game game seven fourth and yet, quarter. And did we see or, that? Or shooting it off the side of the I don't those are things that I do not see <laughs> some things are hard to see <laughs> or have ever seen they happen yeah. <laughs> coming up who you got in tonight's game five between the heat and Celtics our Eastern Conference Finals preview is next stick around for that right here on the jump Does this place look haunted? No, I don't think so. What about those two creepy girls? Come stay with us. That is truly frightening. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's great service. With Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents. Uh, thank you, creepy girls. Want to see our room? Mm, we're going to sleep in the car now. Happy geico Week. Switch today for 24-7 access to licensed agents. The Jump is presented by Best Buy. If you can't be there, feel there. Bring the game home when you upgrade to a big Sony TV today. It's time for this week's Ultra Moment, brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Disrupt Rondo, he puts it in. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! Anthony Davis is going to send the Lakers to a 2-0 series lead. Obviously, you know what Murray and Jokic did. How about Murray? Oh, oh just pours <laughs> it in! Oh, Jamal Murray with an exclamation point. And after he hits the long three, yeah, he gonna let you know I'm feeling myself. Lost him momentarily. Pulls back, Dragic a three-pointer. It's crunch time now on the jump. Warriors minicamp has begun. Steph Curry and Draymond Green, though, not there. They have been excused for family reasons, according to coach Steve Kerr. Richard, let's be honest. They gave these guys a pass. They did give them a pass, and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it, and I'm not okay with it. Let me say why I'm okay with it. Because I will never question Draymond. I will never question Steph Curry. I will never question them as leaders. Uh, I will never question them as champions. But I will say, this is not the same team that you guys have had. You have to start building right now. If you haven't played in a year, you have to start building Next right now. If you is not going to start for four months at the but earliest. But if this is, if this is a How camp, you got to start. You got to start being 
you got to start that. You haven't played basketball in years. Well, guess who was there? What? Who? Guess who was there first time in 470 days, according to Ray, uh, Raymond Clay? Ritter? Was Rocco there? That's really all I don't know. All right, the Bills introduced new head coach <laughs> Billy Donovan <laughs> yesterday, and in his first press conference, Donovan said the chance to build up this franchise is, quote, very, very appealing and exciting. Brian, are you as positive on the Bulls' future as Billy Donovan sounds like he is? What's this team going to look like under him? Yeah, that's the big question, Rachel, because I don't know who's going to be on the roster. Uh, uh, Arturis Kanishevis has already changed a lot of things, including the head coach. Will Zach Levine go on the trade block? Will Laurie Markkinen sign an extension or he go on the trade block? What will the team that, that uh, Billy Donovan is coaching look like? I have to take a pass on this because I don't even know what, what they're going to look like. I, I, I think it's going to be a very, very good build. Chicago is one of those cities that if it does get rolling, right. it and gets I will rolling. say this about to the Bulls, the same thing I said to the Bulls about Jimmy Butler when they spent six months talking about trading him before it happened. If you trade Zach Levine, you better be getting someone better than Zach Levine back. Yeah. And that did not, There's not a lot out there. happen in the past. Today, the 20th anniversary of one of the greatest athletic feats of all time. Vince Carter of the jump, jumping Look over Frederick Weiss at the 2000 Sydney Olympic Games. It pains me every year we uh. can't show this video because NBC owns the rights. Richard, where were you 20 years ago when Vince had hair and this happened? When 20 years ago, I was 20 years old getting ready to be drafted, I believe. I'm not sure. But ultimately, Vince Carter was my favorite dunker of all time. I remember, I know where I was during his dunk contest. I don't remember where I was during this, this Olympics uh, dunk, but this is still the greatest dunk that we have seen in the history of mankind. I was covering high school football. Rachel, you were probably covering preseason <laughs> hockey or something. But by the way, Vince Carter's got a lot of highlights in his career that are You're more wrong. impressive than this. You're I don't wrong. think we're going to Wendy, we're going to disagree. I was watching this clip again last night and again this morning. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. It's, yeah. it's really it's painful to me that we can't show it. You're underselling the rest of his greatness. I'm not I won't, saying I won't it's the only it thing he ever no, did. Not highlight. We just... said best dunk. This is his best dunk. A seven-foot-tall human. Disagree. So next year, now that Vince is officially retired Disagree. and officially part of our show, we want to have him reenact it next year. That's Let's my go. goal. Game five of the Eastern Conference Finals. It's tonight. You should watch it. Heat Celtics, 8.30 Eastern. I will be on the sidelines. NBA Countdown will be getting you started at 7.30. ESPN Deportes and the app. But first, here's a recap of how we got here. Take a look. The Miami Heat take a commanding 3-1 lead in the Eastern Conference Finals. We don't have to win three games on Friday. We have to win one. We're going to go home, Tom. He said, I'm a bucket. Yeah. Where did this come from? That's just who I am. In my white tee. Here we go. At the end of the day, still the first one to 16 wins. Travis Scott. All right. Eric Spolstra saying Bam Adebayo will be, quote, ready to go for game five. Now, he appeared to injure his arm, wrist, shoulder, something in that general vicinity. It's like hockey. It's a body injury. He was holding his wrist and shoulder but stayed late into the game. Richard, how important 
Is Bam in this series clincher, and are you concerned? He, he is huge. I'm not concerned, but he is huge. Look, one of the biggest issues for the Boston Celtics, especially after they let Al Horford go, was were they going to have the size, right? But people were thinking it was going to be Milwaukee. People were thinking it was going to be Philly, both of these very big teams. You've seen the importance that, that Bam Adebayo has had, and he's – kind of undersized when you're talking about those other two teams. So if he's not able to go at the level he's able to go, you've seen one of the great blocks in playoff history, Mm -hmm. then I think Boston all of a sudden can start building up some momentum. Which he made with that Mm -hmm. left hand and wrist, that great block, Mm -hmm. I'd like to point out. So offensively, they can take it if Bam only has one arm and can't do much. But defensively, in their zone, where he gets all those deflections and challenges all those shots, that's going to be really important. And I'm going to be watching Bam more at the defensive end what he could do with that left arm than at yeah. the offensive not, end. Not shocking you that the Heat taking a very, as I said, hockey approach. It's a, it's a body injury. It's an upper body injury. He's fine. He's fine. He, he signed the waiver. It. That's what Eric Spolster said. <laughs> He's a he big boy. It. He's fine. The Celtics, <laughs> three-point favorites, facing elimination. So, Brian, we'll start with you. Who you got tonight, Celtics or Heat? Well, you know I don't make you predictions, do, Rachel. But you I will say you don't, out but then you kind of do. The, 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 that the Heat are 11-2 and two in the playoffs. They don't lose many games. How about that? Richard, what about you? Uh, I'm going to say the Boston Celtics are going to win this game, but I think they're going to go down in six. I think it's the same thing that's going to happen uh, in the Western Conference uh, Finals. So that's my prediction. All right, so you see that the team that's down, a last gasp, but then... We'll find out. We're gonna the find game out. is going to be good. Here's when I know tonight is going to be a scrap. I can't wait. The jump is going to be back on Monday. Enjoy Heat Celtics tonight. Mom, I think this doll I found in the attic is cursed. No, its eyes are just very lifelike. Then why does its head keep spinning? Be my friend forever. Oh, that is scary. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's easy-to-use mobile app. You can manage your Geico policy whenever, wherever, wherever. Let's play with another doll. Or we can just bury it deep in the ground. Happy Geico-ween. Download the industry-leading Geico app today.